This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 161. Are you really too sensitive? Have you ever felt not enough and too much at the same time? If you've ever been called too sensitive, like in a negative way, today's episode is for you. For 2023, I've decided to niche down my coaching work to highly sensitive people, really giving the tools you need to get out of overwhelm and transform that sensitivity into your superpower. Today, we're starting this new chapter, and all the work we've done on stress and nervous system will be part of our foundational tools because, as you'll see very soon, sensitivity links directly to your nervous system. For today's episode, you might have guessed it, it's just you and me. I'll answer this question I've asked myself again and again in the past. Am I really too sensitive? You know, or are they just mean? We'll talk about what it means to be highly sensitive, the signs that you might be a highly sensitive person, some possible pitfall to your sensitivity, and the strength that comes from these challenges. We'll look at quote-unquote solutions or ways to support your sensitivity so you can stop believing that it is a problem in your life. I have a quiz for you to take if you want to know exactly how sensitive you are and you want to receive tools tailored to your needs according to your answers. In today's episode, I'll give you general tools, but for more individual support, the quiz is the first step that you want to take if you want to go down this path with me. And you'll find it in the show notes. I want to say thank you if you've reached out to me on Instagram to talk about my other solo episodes. I'm so glad they've been helpful and I love connecting with you guys. I would really love to chat about this episode or read your takeaways. So you can either DM me or take a screenshot of the episode and share one of your takeaways on Instagram tagging at on and off your mat podcast. And if you know a sensitive woman that wants to heal and grow, who needs to hear today's episode, share it and help someone else in their healing journey. All right. Ready for our episode? Quick sneak peek. The answer to the question, are you really too sensitive? In a nutshell is probably not. So let's dive in and see. Hey guys, welcome back. I've always been told I was too sensitive. My parents would lovingly laugh at me and tease me about how easily I would cry telling me I needed to toughen up and to get a thicker skin, judging that my sensitivity was a clear disadvantage for me and would be eventually a source of a life of struggle and failure. <laughs> They thought I was a little too shy and a little too cautious. You know when you give a kid his first birthday cake and you expect them to make a disastrous mess? You've seen those videos, right? Well, that wasn't me. I picked at my cake with two fingers only, and I was so clean at the end that they had to put cake in my face to make a worthy photo. <laughs> they would tease me growing up about how quote-unquote scary, not-so-scary movies would give me nightmares. I have clear memories of teacher reprimanding me in class and me crying about it and feeling really ashamed of it. My ex-husband described me as difficult or dramatic, even manipulative sometimes. Not only was I complaining about things that didn't bother him at all, but he thought I was able to cry on command to make him feel guilty. <laughs> It was not really that. I was just so sensitive. Growing up, I was often described as an old soul. I found comfort around the calmer adults. And I had curiosity for their conversation. 
I've always struggled with being disciplined, like receiving feedback or criticism. And as a teen, that made me very secretive, doing everything I could to avoid getting in trouble, or at least avoid getting caught. <laughs> Most of my life, I felt anxious. I would get stuck in my head, kind of replaying the past to see if I could have done better or anticipate the future to make sure I would handle things right the next time around. And I've always needed a lot of sleep and a lot of downtime. For a long time, these traits made me feel weak or like something was wrong with me. I thought my sensitivity was a problem, and so I felt kind of misunderstood. If you can relate to any of these examples or the feeling of not being enough because you're sensitive, keep listening. I only later in life learned about the term HSP, highly sensitive people. Having it being defined, explained, helps me understand myself and accept the traits for what they are. So what is an HSP? Highly sensitive people are considered to be neurodivergent individuals that sometimes have sensory processing sensitivity, which could explain why you feel different. Simply put, HSPs tend to have an increase or a deeper sensitivity. Their nervous system responds to physical, emotional, and social stimuli more easily or more strongly than in other people. That means they feel things more deeply, whether it's positive or negative. They're more sensitive to stress and other things that can overwhelm their nervous system. Although they're often described negatively as being too sensitive, being highly sensitive is a personality trait that brings both strengths and challenging to its people, to you and me. <laughs> Depending on those challenges and how they affect your life, you might still think that there's possibly a problem with you being too sensitive. But in all honesty, I think if we learn to lean into the strengths and learn ways to cope with those challenges, that we won't be too sensitive, meaning it won't have an impact on our life that will be so negative. We'll just simply be sensitive. HSPs or highly sensitive people is a term that was coined in 1996 by psychologists Elaine Aron and Arthur Aron. Studies shows that 15 to 20 percent of the population is actually highly sensitive. 70 percent of those people are introvert and it's half and half when it comes to women and men. So HSP is not an official diagnosis, meaning having a hyperactivated nervous system that reacts to your environment or to other stimuli around you, it doesn't mean you have a mental illness, let's say. And I think it's important to remember, especially when we are thought that something is wrong with us because we're sensitive. So what I want you to remember here is that nothing is wrong with you. And just a quick sidebar, having mental illness doesn't mean something is wrong with you either. Just making sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> So you may wonder, how do we become highly sensitive? Well, that depends on a variety of factors, such as evolution is one. From an evolutionary standpoint, it's a trait that increases the likelihood of survival because HSPs are on the lookout for potential predators and dangerous situation all the time, which will also mean that they tend to have more anxiety than average people. Your sensitivity can also be a product of your environment, so evolution and environment. I think it's interesting to know that 
members from at least a hundred other species aside from humans can be or are found to be highly sensitive. So if your environment is in any way unsafe or feels in any way unsafe, you're going to tend to be more sensitive because you're constantly training yourself to watch for danger in order to stay alive. So chaotic homes with a lack of routine, limits, or boundaries, or the complete opposite, an over-controlling parent can create a very sensitive child. Same goes for parents that are either unavailable or emotionally volatile. Any form of neglect or abuse, whether it's factual or it's perceived by the child according to its age and its developmental stage, that can result into a feeling of lack of safety. It can also be genetics. So we have evolution, environment, and genetics, meaning it's just running in your family. You have more chances of being highly sensitive if you have a parent that is also highly sensitive. And then there's finally dynamics. We've already talked about it a little bit, but I want to include more precisely early childhood experiences, particularly childhood trauma. That trauma can definitely set the tone for your nervous system for the rest of your life, so they can make you more sensitive than other people. And when it comes to sensitivity coming from your genetics or your environment, studies also show that HSPs tend to have lower levels of dopamine, dopamine being the feel-good hormone. So that's just an extra little fun fact for you here. <laughs> If you could relate to my introduction when I talked about my life growing up and then you're still listening to this episode, there's a good chance that you are somewhere on the spectrum of sensitivity. So here are a few common traits that might indicate that you are in fact highly sensitive. Take note of which one you experience. The first one will be to feel emotions deeply and intensely, and that can show up in different ways. It can show up in the fact that you're stressed more easily than others. Like let's say when there's too much happening at once, you get really stressed or you feel like frazzled if you have a lot to do in a short amount of time. Another way that feeling deeply shows up in your life is that you might feel really affected by tension, violence, conflict, even if it has nothing to do with you. Like it might be really hard to watch a violent movie. Or here's another example from my life. I have this very clear memory of being at a friend's house as a young adult and their dad got angry and yelled at them, not at me, at them, but the intensity or my perception of the intensity of that anger made my system completely bug out. I had to go to the bathroom. I sat on the toilet in my friend's house and I cried. After a respectable amount of time in the bathroom, I wiped my tears, I put a smile back on my face, and I went back out there pretending everything was fine. So this shows pretty well how sensitive I was to the situation, even if it had nothing to do with me. I was not the one in trouble. Now, to every coin, there's two sides, right? The good side of feeling things very deeply and intensely is that you will be highly touched by positive emotions too. You'll feel love more fully. You'll feel joy so very deeply if you allow yourself to feel at all. We'll come back to that in a bit. One emotion that you might feel more than other people is a sense of being annoyed or kind of disturbed or frustrated. And it will come from many different places. But the one common thread is that you're kind of picky. 
<laughs> and I mean this with love. I'm kind of picky. You'll see that you might be picky with your outfits. Like the comfort of the material or the texture is important. Like for me, a bra has been increasingly difficult to wear. It almost brings me into a state of panic. Like I can't breathe. Same with the belt. And you'll also be picky with noises. Like white noises really bother me, like a fan, the AC, the rumbling of the fridge, something like that. And I often wear noise-canceling headphones, sometimes even without music, just to quiet the environment around me. You might also be sensitive to light. I love a good dimmer. <laughs> Smaller lights or candle lights, my favorite. Where fluorescent light, ugh, the worst. I hate them. You might also be picky with your sleep schedule, mainly because HSPs, we need a lot of sleep and our sleep is easily disturbed. So it's really hard for me to sleep with someone else, actually. I've experimenting over the years with partners to either sleep in different beds, which has pros and cons, and sleeping on different schedules, meaning like I would go to bed a couple hours before my partner. And that was more helpful, although you have to be really conscious to not create a disconnect in that sense. So you are probably also picky with your food schedule because HSPs, we tend to be more sensitive to our sugar levels. Like we notice those things that other people might not notice. So we get angry or hangry easily. <laughs> We're more sensitive to caffeine as well. You should see me on a big cup of coffee. <laughs> If you think I speak fast on these podcasts, I probably speak like 10 times faster after a cup of coffee. And so we're just sensitive to those changes, right? You might be picky with what you eat, when you eat, and things like that. You can also be picky with what you listen to or what you watch just because you'll realize with time that you take on the emotions of that TV show, for example. Understanding that I am picky for myself, it's not about self-judgment. I don't mean it is a negative way. I thought it was very important for me to understand and for you to understand to get more comfortable with that idea that I'm not difficult just to be difficult, but I'm picky because it really affects the way I feel. And the more I can control these little things that don't have a huge realms of consequences in my life, they're not huge things, the more comfortable and easy my life gets. So I get more comfortable voicing my needs and meeting those needs for myself when I can find a little bit of acceptance and a little bit of love around the fact that I am picky or that other people might think that I'm difficult. But I've let go of that idea. I don't think I'm difficult. <laughs> I just think I know what I need and I know what I want. Now, hopefully that helps you to accept it a little bit more and see it as preferences so you can move away from that self-rejection. So you can learn to not only buy clothes that feel really comfortable, make your environment more supportive and soothing, stay aware of your schedule when it comes to food and what you eat and the habits that support you in being careful into what you consume. So none of it really becomes an issue. If you make it part of just the way you live, you start to not even notice that maybe you are picky. <laughs> Another sign that you might be highly sensitive is that you'll tend to avoid situations that leave you feeling overwhelmed. Because you get overwhelmed 
easily by new experiences, sensations, noises, meaning your nervous system has trouble to cope and to keep you in a regulated state, not only will you find that you do get overwhelmed easily, but it affects your capacity potentially to participate to certain events or at the minimum, it makes you like dread them. So in the past, I used to love going to big festivals. And over the years, I've learned that they're really difficult for me to handle, actually. So learning that makes it easier not to go and not to feel that FOMO of like, oh, I really wish I could go. It's not that I can't. I can. But I choose not to because it feels better for me to do something else instead. And I don't feel like I'm missing out in the same way. Another example would be like after a very intense party, right? Any good party where there's a lot of new people, a lot of noises or lights, like music, you will need a few days to rest before you can feel completely energized. That's my case. And you might think that there's not really a good side to that overwhelm, but there is. There is in your relationships because you're going to tend to spend more time one-on-one with people because the big crowds are overwhelming, you're going to have created in your life closer relationship with others. Not only do you naturally deeply care about others, but you also have kind of a sixth sense when it comes to picking up what others are feeling. So you can be a very good friend and people will want to go to you to vent or for advice. And you'll become really good at holding space And naturally, you're probably a really good listener. So those are good things that comes from our overwhelm and how we live our life to avoid that feeling. There might be a few other things that you struggle with that you don't notice other people struggling with the same way around you. Like I mentioned earlier, there are some pitfalls to being highly sensitive, but they only become problems or challenges when we're unaware of them, when we live on autopilot and when we force ourselves to work against our sensitivity, judging that it's something that's wrong with us. One example is that you probably don't do well with hectic schedules. Again, you might feel overwhelmed or you'll feel really rattled with a lot to do in a short amount of time. Those higher level of stress have consequences on your body, your emotions and your well-being in general. You can come back to our episodes on stress and on the nervous system to have more details on this. But for now, what you'll need to remember or to know is that you probably will have more difficulty regulating your nervous system than average people. And this might make you more reactive or give you a tendency to repress your emotion by fear of being more reactive. So learning to regulate your nervous system and manage your stress will make it a lot more easy for you to regulate your emotions and to become responsive instead of reactive. And this is the work I do, so you're in very good hands. Your sensitivity can also lead you to overthink. Overthinking often leads to rumination and anxiety, which both can have a negative impact on your life, just like stress and overwhelm. But again, the simple mindfulness tools, you know, learning to slow down, breath practices and more can help you get out of your head and into your body, out of overthinking and present with what is truly in the moment. Remember when I mentioned you were a very good friend? You are. But you potentially feel kind of crushed under the demands of others because you tend to be a people pleaser. 
It's hard for HSPs to say no because we feel the disappointment that we create in other people very strongly. And because we were told from a very young age that we are too sensitive, we tend towards negative self-talk, self-doubt, and potentially a lack of self-trust. When you believe something is wrong with you, obviously your trust in yourself will be affected. That might even ripple into a lack of self-love, self-worth, or shame. So with that, we're going to tend to repress our emotions, our needs, our desires, but it's also going to lead us into even more people-pleasing so we can create a sense of worth from our accomplishments and how we help others and support others. To do so, chances are you're going to prioritize other people. You might have trouble getting your own needs met and a difficulty to slow down or to care for yourself. Another thing that's possible is you might have fear of conflict. Because you feel other people's emotion really strongly, it's going to make it really difficult for you to set boundaries for others or for you to raise a problem and voice a disappointment or a hurt. Paired with your self-criticism and your trouble putting yourself first, that lack of boundaries eventually can lead you into a lack of authenticity, kind of trouble speaking up for yourself and what you want. And then that creates a general lack of satisfaction in your life because you tend to lead a life that is more for others than for yourself. So learning self-care and how to gently set boundaries to start to let go of people-pleasing will allow you to have mutually satisfying relationship and even enhance the depth of your connection. Those pitfalls or challenges are going to create some desires and some cravings in your life. From the overwhelm, chances are you crave some peace, calm, probably you want to feel a little bit more in control of your emotions. You might wish that you gave yourself more permission to feel, like you were not afraid that allowing your feeling was going to create a cascade of uncontrollable reactions. Your overwhelm might also make you crave more bandwidth, to have more energy or more capacity to deal with the ups and downs of life. So another solution to your overwhelm is a healthier routine. And so that might be something you crave without even knowing why or how it directly links without knowing why and how it directly links to your needs to get out of overwhelm. Creating more self-trust to give yourself more permission to feel is a skill you can learn. Just like learning to support your sensitivity to have more bandwidth and more energy. From your tendency to overthink and become anxious, you're probably craving more clear thinking, a capacity to think without rumination, without getting stuck, or being able to make decisions with a bit more ease and grace or poise and confidence. Most of our yoga practice will help you get out of your head and gain more clarity. And when it comes to anxiety, there are many specific yogic and other somatic practices that can help you clear your mind and clear that agitated energy that resembles anxiety. From people-pleasing, you might find yourself craving a little bit more confidence. The confidence you need to voice what you desire, to show up for yourself and as yourself, and have a deeper, more honest connection with the people you love. Confidence can also help you take free time or alone time to meet that need for rest. 
and to learn to put yourself before others. It can also help you feel more empowered, more confident in general, can help you manage conflicts with more ease. So that's an important piece to the puzzle. From your tendency of self-judgment and being very critical, you might crave a little bit more self-care, a little bit more self-love, even an outlet for your creativity or desire to get more clear on your purpose and your direction in life. Creativity, purpose, and direction will help you feel more seen and understood. Learning to accept yourself, including your sensitivity, of course, to love that part of yourself and to use it for its power and its positive side will be key in your healing journey. In your everyday life, it's the judgment, the feeling of weakness, of having something wrong with you that will end up being more problematic than your actual traits of high sensitivity. And I really want you to hear this. So I'll say it again. It's the judgment It's the feeling of weakness, of something is wrong with you that is more problematic than the trait of sensitivity. So moving away from the idea that you're broken and then leaning into the idea that your sensitivity is a strength, you will be able to support that sensitivity in a way that you can function more optimally with more ease and that you can get all the things you desire. So to view your sensitivity as a strength, take some time to self-reflect about your own gifts and see which one of those might relate to your sensitivity. If you want to do this now, you can pause, take a journal, write it down. I'll give you some ideas in just a second when you come back. (laughs) Okay. If you're still here or if you're back, you'll probably notice that you're very perceptive And you're very empathic, meaning you see things, you notice things, you feel things. You can put yourself in someone else's shoe. You can really have a sense of what other people are experiencing. This perceptiveness, empathy for other, that can be harnessed to great things. It can put you in an advantage for succeeding as an artist, as a healer, or as a creator of any kind. As you learn to validate your inner world, and support your sensitivity, you'll see that your creativity and your perceptiveness can lead you to be not only very creative, but even innovative when it comes to things like problem solving. Since you're able to notice really subtle things, you can become very adept at hearing and listening to your intuition, right? Because that voice oftentimes is just a little whisper doesn't quite yell at you. So your access to heightened intuition will allow you to make very useful and aligned decision if you get into the habit to listen and trust to yourself. Intuition will lead you to access also more somatic intelligence. And as you get comfortable with feeling your feelings, you'll get comfortable listening to all the subtle messages that your body is sending you day in and day out befriending your body and creating this loving relationship of I listen and I respond to you as you need. With practice, it will become clear what is right for you, what is wrong for you, and it will become clear how your environment and different stimuli affect you and even how your past experiences 
including trauma, have impacted your health and your wellness today, and you'll get clear on the steps that you need to take. Meaning if growth is one of your goals, leaning into your capacity to listen and notice will allow you deep level of self-study. And with your capacity to problem solve and to get creative, you'll be able to understand more clearly what is the right next action to take for yourself. And your ability to notice subtle things paired with your desire for deep connection makes you a very good listener. I mentioned it earlier. If you can let go of your judgment, you will become an excellent friend, advisor, and healer. So learning to prevent the pitfalls of your sensitivity and leaning into the strength that it provides will allow you to live a life that feels aligned, purposeful, and even exciting. (laughs) To prevent those pitfalls as a highly sensitive person, you will benefit from finding ways to cope with the stress that you regularly face. Learning how your nervous system functions. Hello, you have some tools here will be a key in regulating not only your emotions, but your stress level, your overwhelm, and that sensation of being overstimulated. Regulation techniques, healthy habits, and proper reward system will also help you balance your dopamine level, which we talked about it quickly earlier. As usual, proper nutrition and exercise will support your nervous system. And that will include your hormones, including your dopamine again. Other quote-unquote solutions include small celebrations or celebrating small things to add more positivity in your life in any way that feels doable while avoiding stressors, triggers, and those things that feel undoable, that feel overwhelming before you've even started, learning to breaking them down or to changing goals or to reorganizing the way you'll approach the situation, knowing what you need to be successful, learning to say no and to set boundaries to meet your needs and care for yourself and your need to rest, solitude and decompression That will help you create not only more alone time without feeling guilty, but it will also help you create a safe and soothing environment for yourself. If you remember our episode on feeling safe, you have to become or to be a safe space for yourself in order to be able to support yourself in the long run. And that will come into creating a safe and soothing environment For you, that might be clean spaces, like we talked about, adequate lighting, noise control, or things that will help you naturally avoid overstimulation. Another example might be single tasking or just creating more habits so you don't have to make choices all day long so you can remove some of that mental fatigue that you can experience from overthinking or your tendency to surveil the world around you for you to stay safe. So now that you know what it means to be highly sensitive, I hope that you can recognize that it doesn't mean that you are too sensitive. Hopefully the signs of sensitivity I shared with you help you make sense of why you've been feeling a certain way and the possible pitfall to your sensitivity give you ideas on how to support it and make your life easier. 
Finally, I really hope you can start to recognize your strengths within your sensitivity and the possibility of it becoming your superpower. If you're still leaning into judgment and you need a little bit more support to move the needle towards acceptance, start with the quiz and we'll go from there. And next time someone calls you sensitive, say thank you. That is something I do love about myself. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. It truly helps people find the podcast. And if this episode has helped you in any way by making it more findable, you can help even one person feel better today or move along on their healing journey. And that is pretty amazing. You'll find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 161. And in there, you'll have the link for the quiz, which I truly believe is the number one step with this episode today for you to understand your sensitivity better and to learn to start to support it for it to be a positive force in your life. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.